0: Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, Chokka, with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Churr! Tēnā Koto Katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Koto, how are you all? Well, Keto, Tino Pai. I am very good. Lots happening with me at the moment. Um, I have left my job working for Posty, the clothing store here in New Zealand. And I'm gonna be starting a new one very soon. Um in a <laughs> in a week or so, because apparently somehow I got a week off in the middle. Uh so I'm going to use that week to record a bunch of stuff and get a bunch of stuff done and do things around the house and also sit around and play some computer games and take care of me, have some me time. But it's going to be nice to catch up on a bunch of projects that have sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit and um, catch back up and get myself ahead again, which I'm looking forward to. So yeah, a lot's happening with me at the moment. Um, This episode is already... Very long, uh, because we're back with um, the ponies and we're back uh, with voice messages and we're back just, just doing a whole lot of that. So, uh, there's a few topics that we're talking about today. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about um, Darth Vader, uh, that's on the cards because <laughs> my episode last time did generate a few thoughts. Um, we are going to be talking about Uh, A very important question Carl puts to me um, about something very well known about New Zealand that isn't going so well right now. So I'll leave that uh, to soon in a minute. Um, Carl's message is probably going to be up first and I'm going to respond to that pretty early on and then we'll hear from a bunch of other awesome call-ins Yeah, I think that, I think that kind of covers most of what we're going to be talking about today. I I've, I've just, I wanted to get to all of these things, all these lovely things that people have said that haven't been in episodes, uh, get them out, answer questions, and talk about some very important things like uh, Tales from Equestria RPG and, uh, well, what am I talking about, Carl? Uh, you put an important question to me and I think everybody should hear it.
1: Hey, Jules, I have not listened to your podcast yet. I'm wondering what's going on. Our all blacks have lost three games, three international test matches in a row, and five games in the last six. What's going on? Is Foster's, are Foster's days numbered? I mean, I watched highlights of the game between them and South Africa and, and the Springboks were like running all over the place, breaking the lines, breaking through lines, getting around the the all-black defense, which was or used to be indomitable, and uh, a lot of unforced errors, really did them in, even errors close to the line, Um, a knock-on within five meters, and then boom, turnover. So yeah, what's going on with our all-blacks? Let me know from the source.
0: So for starters, Carl, I love that you think that I'm going to be an All Blacks expert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do love my ABs. Um, everybody here in New Zealand does. I feel like it would be basically, un what's the word that's for that, but not patriotic because that's such a uh, US thing to say. Um, yeah, just very un-Kiwi of us to not love the All Blacks, um, but uh, I have done some digging around and did a little bit of research and formed my own opinions based on the research that I've been reading and the the games that I actually did get to watch or at least pieces of it I got to watch. My sister has um, – you know, a subscription to some of those uh, sports channels. So I got to go over to her house and watch some of the games. And, oof, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong with what you were saying about unforced errors and just, you know, the other teams running circles around us, making us look like fools. Uh, so I thought I would put a whole thing together for it, Um, tell everybody else out there what's been happening on the All Blacks front and uh, talk a little bit about it. So... Ah, uh, the All Blacks test series started in New Zealand with a three-test series versus Ireland, uh, and this was in July. So, July second, All Blacks came out firing, finally because last year they were terrible. Uh, so 42 19 against ireland right so we're like yay maybe the all blacks are back you know they've they've had a season to to get themselves together and do a bunch of homework and and figure out how to be the all blacks again but nope on the sec- on the 9th of july the second test series They had a 12-24 loss to Ireland Uh, and then on the 16th of July, the absolute unthinkable happened and we had a 22-23 loss to Ireland and you know what, it was a directionless game. Ireland came out of the box fast and they rolled over the All Blacks defence and the All Blacks just never got their crap together, honestly, never. Throwing away possession and never finding each other in those crucial moments where we really needed to be, you know, we really needed to have synchronicity and and gel as a team. You know, they just could not get it together. And it is a monumental achievement for Farrell's Irish side, becoming just the third team in history to beat the All Blacks in New Zealand. In uh, in New Zealand in a three-match series alongside South Africa in 1937 and Australia in 1986. It is a shame that they didn't beat our actual All Blacks, you know, the ones that we're actually proud of, but they beat these paler grey things running around out there. But, you know, they did it. And they became that third team in history to do so, which is a pretty impressive feat, really. So I'm not going to take that away from them. I just, it was horrific to watch. And on the 7th of August, we started fighting the All Blacks, fighting, playing the All Blacks. We uh, were playing over in South Africa, and in the worst game in 94 years against our old rivals, South Africa, we lost 26 10. 26 10. 26 10. That's horrific. It is horrific. And not only was it horrific, it was a fifth loss in their last six outings. And that is just, you know, when New Zealand started losing faith, you know. And then they turned it around kind of over in Alice Park in South Africa on the 14th of August. They did a 35-23 win. Um, So that was good, I guess. But back at home... We weren't any better. You know, back at home we were playing on home turf. 27th of August, Argentina playing us 25 Argentina to 18 All Blacks. In a word, preventable, embarrassing. And... On the third of September, again, they turned it around, I guess, fifty three three, Argentina and Hamilton, you know? Um so I mean a fifty-three three, but even watching that, it wasn't the it wasn't the team that was just accidents, happy accidents and, and Argentina letting themselves down. It wasn't like an impressive feat of a return of the all blacks or anything like that. It just was a better version of the ones that had lost to Argentina, you know, a few days before. So when we're talking about there, that's four losses in the South seven tests and only th- and three defeats on home soil, which is unacceptable. Not just unacceptable, but would once have been considered impossible. This has never happened in a hundred and nineteen years of New Zealand rugby history. With the Australian Wallabies matches coming up very soon, I'm actually not sure how much more I can take. You know, an indomitable aura of the All Blacks is gone and replaced with a bumbling ineptitude. This is not the team we know and love. These are Foster's Imposter's. The All Blacks' directionless play also highlighted the weaknesses in their structure, selection, strategy, and tactics evident in the last season's defeats. Weaknesses which still have not been properly addressed or remedied despite having ample time to do so. Personal opinion? Ian Foster, head coach, is not up to the mammoth job. But he's not who got the chop following the 2-1 Island defeat. That saw the removal of All Blacks assistant coaches John Plumtree and Brad Moore. A little rough after they survived the investigations after losses to Ireland and France late last year. Maybe. But there were rumours of frustrations leading to communication that wasn't exactly inspiring or motivating. So, who knows. But, I mean, that happened after the first two losses. What explains the next few? I mean, obviously, coaching changes are always going to be a bit rough. And mid-season, who decided to do that? Like, why is New Zealand rugby doing that to the team? Like, if anything, they should be pulling around them, supporting them, and, and getting them more resources and more work and, and you know, like working with the teams. Because, I mean, how defeated that must they be feeling? The only All Blacks team in history to do this badly, you know? So, Ugh, anyway, but the only people that actually know what's happening are those in the training rooms. Instead of just passing on rumors, let's keep giving my opinion instead because I have another pretty strong opinion. Captain Sam Kane is not the captain we need. He's not smart enough to make quick changes that need to happen or guide the team smoothly through them. Our number seven should be severe. Maybe then you wouldn't see things like the same game plan being played over and over and over and over and over despite it clearly not working. But it would be unfair of me to place the blame squarely on the leadership soldiers. uh, Shoulders. (laughs) Leadership soldiers. Yep, that's that's a Freudian slip, probably. Because the horrible truth is it's not just them. Our team isn't very good. And I hate it. So many of our greats are gone, and the replacements just aren't stepping up. Or aren't working as a team. So many of the occasional glimpses of what could be are one person doing something by themselves to make something happen. A pass, a tackle, a runaway try. But the team doesn't operate as individuals, and you can see that clear as anything on the field. We're not scary enough at number six. We're not faster experienced enough on the wings. They've lost lineouts, missed tackles, dropped passes, kicked away good ball way too often to be regarded as an elite team to deserve the name All Blacks. You know, Barrett and Brodie were trying their best and then Barrett landed on his bloody neck doing drills at practice and of course the team were worried about his concussions suffering from last year against Ireland. So he was removed from the first game against Argentina and well, I just told you what happened there. But the team shouldn't be relying on that one or two people. They should be stronger than that together and that's the main problem. They aren't. I sure hope they can figure out what being a team actually means again before the All Blacks' fearsome reputation is destroyed for good. So I don't know how much expertise that is, Carl, um, but that is my opinion and that is what I have researched and found out and uh, that is what I strongly believe. We're not a team and you can see it. <laughs> All right, so up next, you're about to hear my lads, the Pink Phantom, Joey from Hindsightless, and... Uh Jason from Nerd's RPG Variety Cast and Carl from um, The Geomologist presents. Oh, the Pink Phantom from Phantom Thoughts. Rude, Julia. Um, You're about to hear my lads having a big chat about what it is that I said in my giant Darth Vader rant uh, in the last (laughs) episode, um, and what their opinion is in response to that. So, take it away, lads. I love to hear your opinion.
2: Hey, Jules, the Pink Phantom. I uh, just finished listening to your last episode. I thought it was great all the way through. uh I agree with you one hundred percent about what what happened to Darth Vader in the movies uh he He started off as this just overwhelming looming villainous presence, this wrecking machine and it it they just completely bollocksed it up, especially with that second trilogy, which was his uh, you know badly enough his trilogy. Uh I just don't know what they were <laughs> what they thought was gonna happen with that. Uh but yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And that's that's not the first character I've seen done that way. Uh, Bane in the Batman comic books, he was the storyline that kind of introduced him was he was just tremendous and now in movies and T V shows and stuff he's almost an afterthought. So I don't know. Yo,
3: Jules, so let's talk a bit about Darth Vader. There are people in the world, several of them, many of them, who would say some of the stuff you're talking about is not canon, right? They only consider the original three movies canon. Okay. First, I agree with you. Anakin Skywalker sucks. His character sucked. He sucked. He's a spoiled little bitch, baby, just like you talked about. And, yeah, I don't I don't feel bad. I think they did a terrible job of if they if anakin was supposed to be sympathetic they did a terrible job of portraying that in the movies that came after the original three uh the original three movies uh, but even within the original three movies i don't feel that sympathetic towards vader i mean yeah spoilers <laughs> he he does a heroic act at the end but yeah, I don't know man. I don't know is that enough? Is is one heroic act at the end of a lifetime of villainy and treachery and murder does that does that one act of heroism negate everything else Darth Vader had done up until that point? I I don't I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm also sort of sick and tired of the whole sympathetic bad guy thing. I know we're supposed to make sympathetic bad guys and stuff now. But, you know, sometimes I just want to fight a bad guy. Sometimes I just want a bad guy to be a bad guy. And I don't want to, I don't care. You know, that's that's why I like some of those 80s slashers movies with Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers. They're not really sympathetic. They're just badass villains uh and yeah so i don't know man but i'm on board with you i forget what i said in the cerebravore podcast but yeah i i i'm a fan of darth vader as a villain i'm not a fan of him as not a villain <laughs> so yeah for whatever that's worth anyway dude have a good one awesome episode by the way pink phantom your messages were on point, dude. (laughs) The one you said about all the jewels we have in the anchor sphere that melted my heart, dude, you rule. (laughs) Okay. Peace out.
4: Hey, Jules, Jason here. So you have not ticked me off at all (laughs) or triggered me or anything else. I, well, maybe we'll see. So of course I saw the original star Wars movies in the theater when they came out. And to me, There's three... My Star Wars ended about 85 or so when the last of the Ewoks movies was on TV. So my Star Wars canon, of course, includes Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and the the holiday special, and the two Ewok movies are on TV. And, you know, that's about it. So for me... Personally, I can't stand the prequels. I, the new movies and the, the ones that came out that Disney did just start for me. If people like them, great, that's fine. Interesting ideas in them, but they, you know, they're just not for me. But the prequels ruined it. It's one of those things that, you know, you don't need a prequel for everything. You don't need to know the history. You don't need to know where everything came from. The original trilogy for Star Wars works fine without answering those questions. And it was better for not answering those questions, in my humble opinion. You know, it's like they want to make a Snake Plissken origin story. I don't know if you remember Escape from New York, a John Carpenter movie, Kurt Russell as this antihero called Snake Plissken. Well, they want to do an origin story of him. Why? It's a perfect movie. Leave it alone. We don't need to see it. You know, it's like doing a, a, a Mad Max movie before the fall, which effectively is Mad Max, right? Or, you know, the original movie, The Road Warrior. But, well, actually, the road, anyway, you know what I'm saying, the first Mad Max movie. Uh, but make it even earlier than that one, right? But, but why? There's no need to do it. It's silly. You don't need to have a backstory for everything. And, yeah, so I agree with you. The the prequel trilogy, what they call 1, 2, and 3, ruined a lot of those characters. It, 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 it Midichlorians for the Force, what the heck is that, right? It's craziness. It takes away the idea that the Force is something that anybody can tap into. No, you have to be special by birth. You have to be the chosen one to have, have Force. no. And, you know, the the promise, the original movies were it was kind of out there for anybody, you, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't know that we're that far apart. Although, you know, him saying, Luke, I'm your father. Well, he doesn't actually say that right. But, you, you know, that idea that the, the first trilogy is all good to go with me, even the Ewoks. I don't mind the Ewoks that eat humans. That doesn't bother me a bit. The and anyway, that's enough Star Wars talk. So thank you for everything you do, Jules. Thank you for your RPG a Day. And I think your RPG a Day idea is interesting. Maybe that's as simple as a website or somewhere we can congregate. May, may, I, how much people are congregating, I don't know. Even a master list of everybody participating in RPG a Day. So the idea of having people register is interesting. Although I know people like Rob Sea over down the heap, good friend of mine, probably wouldn't register. So I don't know that everybody would register. I think registering might turn off a few people from joining in. But if you add a big checklist, a big spreadsheet of everybody participating, you you know, I would make an effort to try to check out all their stuff, at least on the social platforms I'm on. So I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. I will talk to you later. Can't wait for your next episode.
5: Hey, Joel, this is Carl calling. In response to your Darth Vader rant, I think I went through some similar thought patterns. He was cool and menacing in the originals, and then the prequels just ruined it for me. I mean, very unsympathetic. Killed, you know, all the Padawans in the temple. Killed all the Sand Raiders. Very weak-minded, prone to aggression. Um, got taken in by Palpatine because of that weakness. Yeah, not ended up being not sympathetic, but then. I don't know if you watched Clone Wars. I, I don't feel like the only redeeming quality kind of came out through Clone Wars where he was a good mentor to Ahsoka. But then in Rebels, uh, I feel like uh, Ahsoka's like, man, what happened to you? What a dick. So, um, yeah, it's good. I mean, I I know people just kind of hinge on to the originals or the originals and the prequels or just the movies. But I think the um, the greater universe is actually really helpful at least in developing how much of an ass and a weak-minded being Darth Vader did become or maybe was originally and just got hoodwinked uh, by Palpatine and the other the rest of the dark side right he just what a what a maroon i guess at the very basic and actually he did just and he was looking for his kids it just uh Yoda and Ben put like force mist, or I don't know. They definitely misdirected. Maybe they used the, a very powerful version of the misdirection spell um, on the kids, and it was really hard for for Vader to track them down and find them um, until towards towards the end when I guess he found stuff out, or maybe I don't know. Maybe interrogated Ben's ghost spirit. Who knows? Who knows? I don't I haven't read all the comics either. I'm sure there must be something in there. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I don't like him. I don't like the way that he turned out, right? Um, So I I would agree with you. Uh, What a dick.
0: My little pony, my little pony, what is friendship all about? My little pony, my little pony, Friendship is magic. Welcome to Tales of Equestria, a My Little Pony roleplay system, uh, where we're playing through the uh, adventure, it's a starter adventure, called A Dragon's Bounty. That's what we're playing. I totally didn't miss recording this piece when you hear the next bit. This was definitely here already. Okay, bye hey ponies and welcome back it's been a while since we've been doing our little pony adventure, so maybe we should go back a little bit and refresh our memories as to what's happening here so we're in the world of equestria in the town of van Hoover, and you came here searching for an adventure when you realized that the town was being attacked by a dragon <laughs> a big red terrifying dragon um, the main six are out, well, you know, fighting, trying to figure out how to help the dragon, how to calm him down because he keeps attacking the town. And the citizens of Vancouver are obviously terrified. doubt came out here after having done some research at the library and found out that the last time our dragon was this angry, it was because he'd lost his precious cinder stone. A gem of untold value that makes him very happy and when he loses it he gets very angry. So knowing armed with this knowledge, you decided to come to his lair and see if you can help, I guess. Um we wandered through some rooms, we've we've helped a crocodile with uh something stuck in him, and you removed it uh avoiding being eaten, you made your way through the twisting tunnels um you've made friends with a a uh, a wee little spark, a little kindling um and found an obsidian goblet um and uh you came across a the hoard room uh with a weird sort of portally mirrory thing where all of the little kindlings were marching into carrying various items from the horde various valuable items uh, and with the help of the kindling and the insidian goblet you've been able to open this portal um, to see if indeed inside the portal is where they've taken the cinder because in this room you can see an empty plinth where the cinder stone used to be. So all of your homework has turned out to be correct. The cinder stone is indeed missing. So is it in this portal? And then we opened this portal and there in behind the portal was the emperor of the kindlings. Um, and he does indeed have the cinder stone. It is a part of his crown. He's made it. Um, So it sits upon his brow, and right now we're trying to do a trade, potentially, maybe, for the cinder stone. But what he is asking for might be too much? I don't know. Um, This is up to you ponies to make this call. So uh, you've been faced with the challenge of not giving him the, like, the question of not giving him the obsidian goblet, giving him the obsidian goblet or asking why he wants the obsidian goblet so uh what will we find out about what the ponies want to do i mean the fate of van hoover may very well and the fate of the main six may very well depend on what happens here in this room if the dragon never gets his cinderstone back well you know who knows what will happen to the town but If this guy gets the Obsidian Cup, who knows what's going to happen to the town. So, you know, maybe there's no good decisions here, but we'll see. Um, uh, This is why it's not my choice, why it's yours. And we do have some call-ins, so let's see what our ponies have to say.
4: Oh,
3: geez, this, this, this is a tough one. So, would we get punished? for questioning you're not supposed to question divinity or kings or whatever he is sultan a flat-out refusal that's playing all of our cards at once but then again giving him the goblet is also playing all of our cards all at once but the difference is if we give him the goblet we get the cinder stone and that's what we came here for but then are we trapped in the realm because we needed this goblet to get in. I, I, I don't know. My gut instinct was to say give it to him and see what comes. I'm sticking with it. Give him the goblet. Peace out.
4: I think we need to, as far as the ponies go, I think we need to ask what he wants to do with the goblet. Um, it needs to be respectful, which probably isn't, may or may not be built into the book. But... Yeah, I, I fear there is a sinister purpose, but it just saying no is not going to be a good answer. So I think we maybe need to keep the dialogue up till we can figure out what his purpose is.
2: Hey, Jules, Pink Phantom here. Uh, glad to hear you're doing well. Just busy, busy, busy. Uh, for the ponies, I think that we are. I'm a little suspicious of this guy. I think that we just we need to ask the question: what he wants it for. I don't think we're going to like the answer, but I think we wouldn't be doing our pony best and pony responsibility if we didn't at least ask the question.
1: Hey, Joel's, I have not been playing ponies recently. I apologize. But um catching up and getting back into it. I think we should ask the Sultan why he wants the chalice, see what this guy is all about. I think uh, maybe we have a suspicion that... He would use it to keep the portal open and uh have all his fire people come into Equestria, which could be bad. But then if we make peace with the dragon and we have a dragon ally anyway, we'll ask him why does he want the chalice and then we'll see where it goes from there.
0: So you decide to ask why he wants the goblet, and we turn to section fifty eight. Peering into the portal, you question the Sultan's motives. "'Why do you want this goblet anyway?' you try ask, trying to sound as brave as possible. The flaming portal flickers again, and the Sultan of Cinders simply sneers at your question. "'What difference does it make to you, pony? "'Hand over the goblet, and I shall give you the cinder stone.' You hesitate to consider your options, but the Sultan picks up on your reservations. The goblet can be used to open portals, to and from my realm. I would find it very useful, a fine addition to my collection. The Sultan lets out a laugh that sounds like a furnace burning. Now we will make our exchange, yes? So, ponies, you know he's going to open portals with it. If you decide to exchange the goblet for the cinder stone, turn to section 54. If you refuse to exchange the goblet, turn to section 51. Only you can solve this, ponies. We're all relying on you. And that's everything, I think. So I want to say a big thank you for... Joining me on this episode of Jules from NZ where we went from All Blacks to Darth Vader to ponies, um, it's a bit of an episode, but thank you for sticking with me on it. Big thanks to my gems who I could not do this without, James, Jason, Barry, Leran, Ezekiel, KP, Joey, Dusty, Carl, and BJ. Love you all very much. Um, and a big shout out to my call-ins there of Jason from the Nerds IPG Variety cast, Joey from Hindsightless. Carl from Geomologist presents. Um Pink Phantom from um Phantom Thoughts. Oh, was that everybody? I think I might have missed somebody. I'm sorry if I missed you. Um but big thanks to everybody that called in cuz this episode is literally made around you um and for you and because of you. So, it's amazing. Um All right. I've got so much stuff in the works for you to hear. Um, coming up really soon is uh, an episode called Fiery Death, which I have put together a an amazing uh, a D&D 5e adventure to test the theory. Can a group of 5e level 1 adventurers take on an ancient red dragon and various other red dragons? You'll have to... <laughs> You have to listen to the episode to see. Um, I've recorded it as an actual play for you all um, so that you can listen through. Uh, also get to hear some 5e played and hear some very familiar voices and some new voices. Really excited about sharing that one with you. And very soon, um, Joey and I are getting back together to record another nerds. Uh, RPG adventure for you all to keep that series going so that we can see the finale, uh, hopefully getting closer of that too. So, uh, anyway, so much happening. Oh my goodness. So much happening. It's also right now, uh, as I'm speaking, it's, uh, very nearly, I think tomorrow, um, te wiki o te reo Māori. And so I want to talk to you about that too, uh, to, to you about, you know, the week where we, uh, uh uh, emphasize our use of te reo Māori uh, I've got some special stuff planned for you on that too so uh, let me get out of here um, so that I can get back in your ears again soon so enohora, kiteano, goodbye I will see you again soon and I love you very much uh, noho oromai. stay well look after yourselves and you know take care okay bye
3: Hey Jules, just got finished listening to the first episode of your season of Fate of Ison, and it was awesome. (laughs) I I was cracking up, man. uh, Those all the new players seem really funny. JD is still right there being JD, which is awesome. And yeah, it was just seemed like a really a really fun episode. I think it'll be a fun group. I hope you guys have an awesome time, and that it's super successful. Uh, I do think you should allow swearing, but that's just me. That's just me. Uh, (laughs) I mean, y'all are comedians. Comedians swear. Anyway, uh, awesome, awesome stuff. I really enjoyed it, and I'm excited for the next episode. Anyway, peace out. Oh, also, y'all should go watch it if you have, or not watch it. Listen to it. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. Fate of Ice in Book 2, Season 1. Peace out.